Maybe I should quit trying to be everything and just try to be this one thing and be okay at being crappy at this one thing for a while. I feel like sometimes when things don't go well for me, it's because my head got really far up my ass and I felt like it was somebody else's job to install a light bulb. <laughs> That's pretty good. She, she used that. This is the Gently Mad, a show where I talk to and pick the brains of the smartest people running creative online businesses. Actually, not so much. If you're looking for that inspirational kick in the pants to help take your life and career to the next level, then this is probably not the place for you. To be perfectly honest, this podcast is about me. Hey, I'm Adam Clark, and I'm your host. Thanks for listening. I do talk to people on this show, but instead of that double rainbow of success BS that you'll get in most entrepreneurial shows, we talk about failure, self-doubt, and all the insecurities that we all have that keep us from doing much of anything with our lives. If that sounds like your kind of thing, then head over to avclark.com slash TGM and subscribe. Any actionable advice or helpful tips are simply a byproduct and purely unintentional. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to The Gently Mad. I'm Adam Clark. This is episode 31 of The Gently Mad, and it feels like it's fucking episode 131, man. It feels like it's been going on so long. I've never done a three times a week show before, or thrice per week, however you're supposed to grammatically say that, but man, it's just flying by. So many episodes. I'll tell you what, though. It has been a rough couple of weeks. It's better now. It is better now, but it's been a rough couple of weeks. I almost recorded an episode yesterday because I was just so down in the dumps, but I feel like, I don't know, I I don't want to be, I don't want to be too, you know, oh, here's Adam again with all his problems, you know, but then again, that's, that's who I am, and this show is for me, so I guess I should just do whatever the hell I want to do, but, um, but yeah, did I say I've got Merlin Mann on the show today? Unbelievable. Merlin Mann. Yeah, I was really excited to talk to Merlin Mann. But anyway, yeah, shitty couple of weeks. It's it's uh it's been tough. Very very stressful. Very very overwhelmed. I don't even know how to begin to describe the overwhelm. And in fact, I um I wrote an email to a friend and this is what I said. Just, I don't know. For those of you that are feeling like this right now, I just want to read this for you. I wrote, I'm not sure why I'm telling you this, except that I'm just so overwhelmed. I feel like there's a bomb inside me that is about to explode. I'm in complete and utter overwhelm because my course is supposed to come out in 10 days and there's literally not enough hours in the day. It feels like Everything was going so right, and now it's all going so very, very wrong. I had several things, amazing things, lined up for my course and the show that both fell through in the same day. It was a very, very depressing day. And this is going to seem like a weird analogy, but I remember when my wife was in labor. (laughs) Yeah, I can't believe I'm comparing my problems to my wife's labor because it's not even comparable but when she was in labor with our first daughter there was this moment I remember where I was kind of holding her hand and 
She was really struggling, and she just kept saying, I can't do it. It's just too much. I just can't. I really just can't do it. And that's exactly how I felt over the weekend. Um, I felt like the pressure, the stress has built up so much that I just couldn't do it. And, you know, maybe it was like I, I just took, with launching this show and launching this course, and all the promises I made, like I just took too big of a bite out of the world. And now it feels like it's all crumbling and it's just too heavy to hold up. And I know that's in my head. And most of you don't really see that from the outside, but that's the way it feels on the inside. And at the same time, I know I just need to suck it up and get the work done. But I feel the same way my wife did all those years ago. Like it's just too much and really, really rough day. But what I decided to do with the encouragement of a friend of mine, Justin Jackson, for those of you who don't know him, check his stuff out. Um, JustinJackson.ca, I believe, CA for Canada. Um, He's got a podcast called Build and Launch. Great show. And I was talking to him and Anyway, after that conversation, I just decided I'm just going to force myself. I've been avoiding my course. Um, I don't know why. I've been afraid of it for some reason, and I've been avoiding it. And, you know, like Merlin said in the bumper of the very beginning of this show, I you got to do something. And, and I felt like, okay, so last night I just sat down and started recording and recorded a module of my course. And I just had to force myself to do it. And the amazing thing that happened is when I finished recording that module, I felt so much better. I went to bed feeling happy almost, which was strange because it's been quite a while since I felt like a sense of happiness. I've been under so much stress lately. But I actually felt happy and I got up today feeling like I can do this. You know, it is possible. I I can do this. And so there is something to be said for just doing something. When you're feeling completely overwhelmed and just stressed to the max, I mean, stressed to the point where you're willing to compare it to your wife's labor, (laughs) Um, just do something. Pick, Pick the thing that you're afraid of, you've been avoiding and procrastinating, and just sit down, put some music on, your headphones, if that's what you need to do, and block out an hour and say, I'm going to work on this until this hour's done. And I think you'll be surprised what will happen. I was very surprised because the amount of overwhelm I was feeling was just hard to even describe. And then accomplishing that one thing made me feel so much better, like just unbelievably so much better. So if you're feeling that way, then just do something and maybe it'll make a difference for you. All right. So it's Monday. That means it is giveaway announcement day. And last week, Cotton Bureau, uh, the guys at CottonBureau.com generously donated a t-shirt for the giveaway. And thanks to those of you who are participated in that. But the winner of that was uh, Jen. And I don't know Jen's last name, but 
I know it's Jen, and I've got Jen's email. So if you're listening, Jen, I will be emailing you this week and hooking you up with promo code to get your free shirt. So thanks again for those that participated. Here are the couple of reviews that came in. This is the one from Jen. She said, it's good to know that I'm not the only one who feels stuck or burned out. And, you know, Jen, uh, I'm right there with you. I know what that feels like. So you're not alone. Here's another one from Jonathan Bowden, who says, this shows an honest take on doing what you love. Having been a listener through this iteration and the past iteration, I'm always more challenged, encouraged, and enlightened after I listen to an episode. If you have a burning desire to do work that matters, subscribe to this podcast. I really do appreciate that, Jonathan. Um, I feel like I'm starting to get a little bit more sense of what this show is and what it's about. And it's it's been kind of a roller coaster the last two months of launching this show. And not really knowing, you know, I just kind of launched it in the heat of the moment. I launched it out of frustration, out of frustration with myself and with what I was seeing in iTunes, in this particular market, the entrepreneurial business-ish podcast market. And when you launch something out of frustration, it's reactionary. It was kind of a reactionary launch. I launched it because I, you know, I wanted to make it and I had no other motive or plan other than I wanted to make it. But uh, it turned out to be something more than that. It turned out to be the thing that has built an audience, um, all of you guys. And um, it's been a struggle to figure out, well, what now? You know, now that there's people here, I'm not exactly sure what this show is, and I don't know exactly what it's supposed to be, but I feel like I'm getting a lot closer to that. Part of the reason is I've been doing a number of listener interviews, um, about 10 minutes, 15 minutes long. Or if you're Morgan Haynes from A Little Creative, two and a half fucking hours long. <laughs> but uh, that's okay. I really enjoyed that conversation, Morgan. But um, doing these listener interviews has been really, really insightful. Learning about you guys and learning more about who you are and what you do and what you like about this show and what you're struggling with has been really helpful. So if you feel like helping me out in that way, you can go to tgmlistener.com and fill out a quick survey there and I'll schedule a time to talk with you. I'd love for you to do that because, you know, it's tough. I mean, there's so many people that listen, thousands of people that listen to this show on iTunes, but my newsletter is actually pretty small. You know, I, I don't have a big massive newsletter audience. So I have no way to reach most of you who are listening to the show because you're not on the newsletter. And I would love to reach you. I would love to find out more about who you are and what you're struggling with, as I just said. So go to tgmlistener.com, fill out that little survey if you feel like it. It'd be grateful. It would be uh, super helpful to me and I'd be very grateful to you for doing that. I think I'm going to stop the giveaways at this point because I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel like a lot of you are really clicking with it, honestly, to tell you the truth. 
And uh, if that's wrong, if I'm if I'm if I'm misinterpreting that, then please send me an email. Let me know at mediavclark.com. If you want me to keep doing this, then just let me know. But at this point, I feel like it's kind of run its course. I'll probably continue to do occasional giveaways here and there. I like giving stuff away. You know, I like doing stuff like that. It's fun. And I like, uh, you know, either getting you guys a t-shirt or a book or something that you might enjoy. But um, I just, I feel like it's not, it's not uh, clicking too well, as I said. So if, if you want to keep it going, email me and let me know. And uh, maybe we'll keep that going. But for now, I think I'm going to take a little break with that. So that's where we're at with that. As I said, Merlin Mann, folks, Merlin Mann on the show today. Very excited to talk to Merlin Mann because, well, he's Merlin Mann, for crying out loud. Um, Someone that I have admired and listened to in podcasts and articles for a very long time and he just like the episode with Seth Godin he's he's just one of those guys that I really really wanted to talk to and he's just got so much wisdom about life and he's someone you know he says in the episode that you know he's not someone to model yourself after but I disagree I mean Merlin has accomplished an amazing amount of things and He's done a ton of different stuff, and he's kind of blazed his own trail in life, which is, I think, what we're all trying to do. And, you know, there's this one quote, which I love. Um, He said, most of us are so stuck in this notion of how stuff should go that we want to find one of seven stories that match our narrative. The fact is that most of us are just wandering around, scared shitless, wondering what the fuck's going to happen next. And I identify with that so much, and uh, it was just a good conversation. Really, really great conversation. I was excited to be able to talk to him. So, yeah, that's coming up in just a minute. So, I think that's it. Uh, As I said, tgmlistener.com, if you want to help me out, fill out the survey, and let me learn a little bit more about you, that'd be great. You can always hit me up on Twitter as well. I'm A.V. Clark on Twitter. Facebook is facebook.com slash Podcast. The greatest thing about doing this show for me is engaging with you guys. I have conversations on the phone every single week. Well, not phone, Skype, but you know what I mean. Every single week with listeners of this show. And it's the highlight of my week. I, I love talking to you guys and finding out what's going on. You know, making those real connections because I'm so sick of just the fakeness of the Internet. And I just love making those real connections. So if you want to do that, please reach out to me. I'd be happy to do that. All right. Merlin Mann coming up just a minute after this quick word from our sponsor. All right, guys, you've heard it several times now, but I'm going to keep saying it because Fizzle.co is the greatest community I've ever been a part of, hands down, no holds barred. It just fucking is. It's just the best, okay? I talked to a guy named Tom Ross who runs a website called designcuts.com. 
And when I got on the phone with him, I don't know why, but I just, I did not expect him to be British. To be fair, it sounds better with an American accent. Tom Ross. Tom Ross. <laughs> yeah, let me hear your American accent. Oh, no way, man. I always sound like a stoner. Oh, come on. I want to hear it. <laughs> it's typically like, uh, like, yeah, dude, like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I can't, I can't do British. I, I, I tried. It, it, it sounds, it's always, it always, I always sound, sound like I'm in a movie Oliver or something. It's like. Oh, well, you've got to indulge me now. Yeah, I'm always, I'm always like, you know. Can I please have some more? You know, <laughs> that's the best I can do. Whether or not Tom Ross sounds better in an American accent or a British accent is up to Tom to decide. But one thing's for sure, joining Fizzle, he says, was the best thing he ever did for his business. Uh, it changed my life in that I'd done the online business thing for like a decade or something because I, I started pretty young and up until that point I, I thought I kind of knew what I was doing and then I got in there and it was just like pure clarity so the internet marketing space as a whole these days particularly just makes my skin crawl I, I it's like everyone's got a double agenda um, you know everyone's just kind of out for themselves and even if you get an email offering you some free service you know it's going to be followed up with a pitch the next day like the whole thing is just so sleazy and insincere you know i thought that's what you had to do even though i knew deep down it didn't sit that well with me it didn't feel that comfortable and with fizzle it's just so it's real people with real struggles and it's just authentic and beyond that it's like You've got all these creepy marketers everywhere else. It's like Fizzle's the only place where it makes me piss myself laughing. You actually enjoy yourself, and isn't that kind of the whole point? Like, just the absolute sheer black and white contrast from, you know, feeling horrendous and bogged down by stats and all this stuff that doesn't matter, and suddenly it's like, oh, I've actually got friends, and I'm laughing, and I'm enjoying myself whilst building a business. Like, it's so much better. It was like the biggest eye-opener to be like, you know, focus on the people. You know, as soon as I figured that out with a, a lot of their guidance, just things kind of exploded and, and started going really well for me. And that really is my favorite thing about Fizzle 2. As Chase, Corbett and Barrett say, Fizzle is honest online business training in a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who won't let you quit. And the Fizzle guys are giving you, listeners of this show, six weeks free. Six weeks free, no contracts or obligations, just six weeks to get in there and check out the courses and check out the community and discover what Tom did. Discover a like-minded group of friends that make you laugh and make you enjoy creating your business because we all know how hard and lonely this can be. So go to fizzle.co slash TGM and sign up for your six-week free trial. And when you get in there, look me up and let's help each other do this thing. All right? Okay, do it. Fizzle.co slash TGM. This is it, guys. This is the time for Merlin Mann. I had a great time talking to him. I feel like uh, I might have exasperated him a few times <laughs> with some of my inane questioning. But nonetheless, it was fun. So let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Merlin Mann. 
I've always, whenever I listen to you talk in, in the podcasts, um, I always feel like I resonate so much because you seem like, uh, and a, I hope this does not come across as insulting, but you seem like a guy who doesn't, you, like, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, you're just doing it. <laughs> like, you get right. up every day and it's like, we'll figure out what this day's about, you know? And that's that's my whole life. And so... I hope that's what you do because that means that maybe I will get somewhere eventually. Well, I, I'm, I don't think I'm anybody to model yourself on, but you know it varies a lot depending on what I'm doing. I'm not doing that much stuff right now, so there's not really that much urgency. Yeah. Uh, if I'm doing stuff where there's a, a deadline and things like that, it sometimes gives me a little more motivation. But um, it's something that I, I I guess I found interesting and sometimes surprisingly challenging uh, in the last 10 years is that, you know, like, for example, like when you're starting something, there's an innumerable number of things that have to be done. Yeah. An innumerable number of things. Does that make sense? There's so <laughs> many things that you've got to do. There's always more you can do. There's always things you can tweak more. And you have this seemingly endless to-do list if you're trying to launch a site or something like that, for right. example. So, I mean, on those kinds of days, which I don't have so often right now, but those kinds of days have the a clarity of their own. Yeah. Which is just, you know, it's almost like you're in a shooting gallery just trying to pick the best target all day long. Sure. And then there's other kinds of days where, you know, there's maintenance stuff that has to be done. But, yeah, it varies a lot. But, I mean, like I say, I'm not trying to present myself as some, like, hipster slacker model for how to run your life because that would be a terrible idea. (laughs) But, no, but, I mean, it's, you know, I've always felt like it's, I don't know, it's worth realizing how chaotic most stuff is unless you unchaoticize it, but even if you make it ordered, there's still so much stuff out there that could be different every day that it pays to be a little bit open to what could be different. And, you know, as far as family stuff, that could mean stuff like, well, I could sit here and do this monkey work now, or I could go play Nintendo with my kid, and that would kind of be more fun for both of us. So sure, I don't don't have a formula or anything. It's just, you know, gut thing, I guess. Yeah. What what is the thing that you do to make money? I mean, I read your uh, blog or at least articles that you write occasionally, listen to your podcast, and and you seem like the kind of guy who is able to kind of do what you want to do at this point in life. So I guess I'm just wondering, what what is the thing that pays the bills for you and gives you the freedom to live that way? I mean, mean, it it varies, but I guess podcasting, yeah. Yeah, is that... that I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm not really that crazy about talking about money stuff. It makes me... I just, I don't know. I, 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 for some reason, I, uh, money stuff always kind of puts me off my lunch a little bit because it's, they're always, I always feel like there's something, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm terrible at talking about money, even just in, in a business context. But mm-hmm. I mean, uh, depending on what direction you want to take it, I mean, like it, it varies a lot. I mean, one of the things I learned with 43 folders was that it pays to try different things and yeah. see how it goes and then kind of see what you can tolerate in order to sort of, balance what makes money consistently um, versus stuff that might make a lot of money one time, but be super annoying and not sustainable. So, I mean, that's, I think that's a good way to go is to try and figure out multiple kinds of things, but I'm definitely, yeah. 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 Well, I, I just asked that because I feel like, um, you know, most of the, I, this, this show is an, is ostensibly about business, but what it's really about is my never ending 
existential struggle to find meaning in my life. And so I get people on the show that I want to talk to and, and, and inevitably it all, it always devolves into that. You know, I, you know, you're, you you kind of spend your whole life trying to figure out, you know, according to the rules, the way we're told we're supposed to live our lives, you know, you find the thing that you're good at or you're passionate about or whatever, and you monetize it and make it into a business and make a living from it. And then, and then it's happily ever after, then it's a Disney ending or whatever. And that just has never, ever, ever happened for me. And I, I guess the reason I was so excited to talk to you is because, um, you know, even on your about page on your website, you know, you list about 20 different things that you've done. And I think I've done all of those things except for like two of them. And so I, I really identified with that. And for me, life is like this constant do one thing and then do the next thing and then do the next thing. And mm -hmm. But it's still always this search for... When am I going to find the thing that's meaningful? You know, when am I going to find the thing where the light bulb hits and it's like, this is it. This is what I was made for. And I've started to doubt that that is that that's ever going to happen. Who, who's that ever been true for? Have you ever reached that point? I guess. Do you do you feel like you've ever? I don't think anyone's ever reached that point. Yeah. I mean, it's anything that you do in front of other people, as you said, is 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 a kind of a performance. And if you're going to do something about I don't you know mean to sound derogatory, but if someone's going to do something about business or about what, the kind of business stuff you're talking about is not really business. The people who want to do business can go out and run a business and they don't need a block. You just yeah. go out and you figure out how to sell something for more than it costs to make. And now you have a business. Sure. Um, it's not, you know, incredibly complicated, but what people are looking for is something different from that, which is uh, entrepreneur porn, a, yeah. a certain kind of, you know, masturbatory approach to this class and status based on the kind of things you can put in your Twitter um, profile. Yeah. And there's an, an endless number of ways that you can keep people on the hook with that kind of stuff where, you know, for the, for the same reason, a lot of people politically end up voting uh, for things that are very at odds with their own, uh, w with what would be advantageous to them, even just practically, let alone philosophically. Yeah. I think a lot of people get really involved in that because there's something like, like, sort of like what you're saying though, there's like these stories out there about how things can go or should go or would go if this, just these couple things were different. And all, you have to look really no further than look at this big successful white guy over here with giant teeth. How do I get to be like him? Yeah. Well, the way to be like him is to come up with a story that other people want to buy. But, you know, now that that's a personality kind of business, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I guess I don't I, I to be honest, I, I feel really um, detached from a lot of business stuff. And I, I have to say, I'm particularly like serially detached from the people who are obsessed with entrepreneurial stuff. Yeah. And it's not I, I guess I don't know how to put that other than to say it's just I don't understand why that is. I don't understand why. That is so fascinating for people that, you know, I've never really understood that. I don't understand. Why wouldn't you just go start a company? Like, why do you keep talking about it? It's, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like somebody being really into fitness magazines and then like, and then gaining 50 pounds a year by sitting in a chair. <laughs> it's like, well, what's there left to talk about? You got to move and you got to eat less, exercise more and you lose weight. You yeah. start a business, you sell stuff. Now you got a business. I, I you know, you know what I mean? I, I absolutely, I, I totally get what you mean. Cause I've been that person before and I feel like I've been that person a lot, but I wonder if mm -hmm. all these concerns, all this existential angst, all this stuff isn't going to provide any meaning or any value. You're probably not even going to find the answer to that. You just need to get better at what you do until eventually it'll be valuable to people. I'm sympathetic to one part of, very much sympathetic to something, one part of what you're talking about, which is um, something that ends up manifesting itself in many different ways 
to many different people for many different reasons. So what I, what I hear you saying that resonates with me is something like, well, it really feels like this isn't right yet, or it really feels like this isn't a thing yet, or it feels like I'm not ready for this yet, one. And then number two, it does feel like there should be some kind of a corner that I turn, mm -hmm. or there should be the way that I maybe would have phrased it when I was younger is like, when will I finally arrive? Like what amount yeah. of hard work at what thing will lead me to where I have arrived? Or when, to, to put it slightly differently, I guess, I think these are all manifestations of a very similar thing. Um, another thing would be, when will I stop worrying about this so much? Mm -hmm. Or when will I feel like I have the wherewithal and the tools and enough drive to get moving? Or, you know, uh, maybe at the lowest level, like, when will I stop feeling unworthy of yeah. the things that I want? But I, I think ways that that then manif manifests itself are all the ways you're describing and very much in things like procrastination or in things like, you know, getting uh, obsessed with different kinds of business and productivity porn is because it really, it really feels like there's something that's just a little bit out of reach and if you had just a little bit more of something, whatever that yeah. X thing is, it would all make sense. And then all the demon dogs would stop barking at you. And, you know, I think that I, I see, I, I don't think there's an answer to that for the very reason that Buddhism has been such a durable system of psychology and ethics or religion, if you like, yeah. you know, where the basic idea in Buddhism is, well, things are always going to be screwed up, you know, yeah. it's, it's the wheel, <clears throat> it's the wheel perpetually um, out of alignment. And so... The, the problem most of us have, and this is not just a strictly Buddhist thing, it's just a practical thing. Maybe it's even a, a stoic thing, but is to just realize that things will always be, be screwed up. And so now what are you going to do? Right. And once you accept that things are going to be screwed up, it does start even just a little bit opening some doors. And it opens doors like, wow, you know what? I can just write something unpublishable. I could write something just to write something, mm -hmm. or I could, um, I could try my hand at this thing and decide to stick with it for a month and see how that goes. And it doesn't even matter if I'm successful at it. It's just that, you know, however we think over and over ends up how we kind of behave over and over. Yeah. And it's easy to talk yourself into doing pretty much nothing. I think I, it's been true for me anyway. Lately, I, I've, st I've stopped asking, you know, well, when am I going to find something meaningful or when am I going to be happy? And and the question has changed to, um, should I even be asking that question? Is that even a, is that even a question or a pursuit worth right. my time? <laughs> you know, maybe that's a waste of my time. And, 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 and you know, that's, that's kind of what I was getting at with, with that well, long-winded I mean, question you, to you. You got to go easy on yourself at some point because if you're always hectoring yourself, about everything you keep doing wrong, it doesn't give you much motivation, let alone an opportunity to do sure. stuff differently. But what you're describing is just, I think it's just the human condition. And just choosing to pose these kinds of questions a little bit differently, it can seem like a mind game, but I think it's actually really helpful. For me, I think for any average to above average intelligence person, reframing is always a useful thing. Um, there's, if you can't understand what a reframe of something would mean, by which I mean just taking a walk around the car and looking at it from a different angle. So. Yeah. For example, uh, what was the phrase that you used? Um, what, what, what did you say? Like, when am I going to find? Oh, I was saying that um, the yeah, like for a long time, it's been a, a search for happiness or a search for meaning. And now it's changed to um, that search 
maybe that search is fruitless and that's the wrong thing right. to be spending my time okay. on, you know? So if you, so for example, and I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but I think it's not uncommon at all for people to say things like, when am I going to find the thing that makes me happy? Yeah. Or, or when am I going to find the thing that makes me successful? That's a very, very logical question to ask. When am I going to find the person who completes me? Right. When am I going to find the belief system that lets me have faith in, in how the cosmos works? And, you know, the reframe I would give on any of those is that you're looking for all of the, even just in the way you phrase that, not you, but in the way one phrases that, make me happy, make me complete, make me successful. They all sound like magic tricks. Yeah. They all sound like magic potions where there's this, and I, I don't think it is merely semantic. I honestly, I think that is the result of a lot of thinking a certain way that it comes out that certain way. And as you turn it into a, as one turns that into a quest for something, you kind of can't help but lose. Um, because you yeah. end up saying, when am I, when am I going to find a genie? Or when am I going to find a magic potion? And <laughs> yeah. so when, you know, a, a, a more muscular way to put that might be, what has, what has previously kept me from deciding I'm just going to be happy? Yeah. What, like what's preventing me? Like what, oh my God, I'm a grown man. Why can't I, why can't I figure out? And there may be reasons for that. There may be chemical reasons. There may be electrical and psychological reasons for that. But you know, why am I not successful? Well, I'm not successful because I spend all day wondering why I'm not successful. It's like it never arrives. You never get, and and like and the thing is, you know, the whole kind of mo money mo problems cliche. It's, yeah. I, I found that actually to be true, and you know, you know, I, I it's 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 a funny thing, Adam. I feel like you know, like anything somebody asks me, I can figure out how to be a karma suck about it. But it's <laughs> yeah. kind of a gift that I've got. But like, even if one gets successful and one finds an answer, like, how do you know where you are in this multi-volume set of books about your life? Are you what chapter are you in? Like, what yeah. book are you in and how long? I mean, you may just be at the end of the fourth chapter. You may yeah. die in the fifth chapter and there aren't any more books after that. But we, if we, if we dwell too much on the state of happiness or success or fulfillment or love that the world provides to us, that also means there's the constant threat of the world withdrawing that from you. And yeah. if you don't have any agency in that, Part of it is you've got to become lovable. You've got to become successful-able. Like yeah. you've got to be prepared for finding the opportunity where you can, and I'm not, I don't mean to sound like a motivational speaker, but that's that's been the <laughs> difference for me is that sometimes that reframes for me to go, well, maybe the really big question is why do I keep expecting the world to to shower me with with blessings, even though I'm basically a sad sack. And, you yeah. know, and that makes me feel like kind of a tool. And then I say, well, maybe I should change my expectations. Maybe I should quit <laughs> trying to be everything and just try to be this one thing and be okay at being crappy at this one thing for a while. Um, but, you know, whenever I've, you know, I, I know, so I feel like sometimes when things don't go well for me, it's because I've assumed a kind of passive position mm -hmm. in, in the negotiations with the world. And, and that's when you kind of get you know, you deserve whatever you get because that's what is coming. You know? When you say you've assumed a passive position, um, like what, what, what do you mean? Like an example of, of that? Like being younger and <clears throat> uh, having jobs where I felt like, like I was the smartest and most talented person in the company and they owed me more everything. Mm -hmm. And why weren't they treating me better or being, and when of course I was just, I was a kid and I was still yeah. learning things, but I thought I knew everything or being in relationships with people, especially like with, with the, with, you know, women yeah. <laughs> where <laughs> I thought like, why don't you, why don't you love me more? Why don't you do things that I want more? Me, 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 me kind of stuff, yeah. because you're still coming out of being like a kid, you know, in a lot of ways. And so uh, just as a, to just as an example, I guess, just any of the times where my head got really far up my ass and I felt like it was somebody else's job to install a light bulb. Yeah. 
That's pretty good. <laughs> she she used that. That is a really great. I will use that. That that might be the uh, the title of this episode. Actually, no. I mean, I guess here's here's what I'm trying to say is that um, uh, I I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse, but I'm a very heady person in that um, I could easily. Uh, if I didn't have to make money, I could easily just sit in my office and think, literally just think and, and be in my head all day long and, and, mm-hmm. and think about what does it all mean? And and I love your analogy of like uh, the, the, your life as, as a chapters, as, as chapters in a book. And, and I spend so much time thinking about stuff like that. Like what chapter am I in? What is the next chapter coming? What do the previous chapters mean? What should I be learning from that? And just, all around it's like a tornado just constantly obsessed with with those types of you know i've said existential before but those types of sort of philosophical armchair questions and um and and i get a lot of response from people that it just sounds like whining you know it's just is like just just stop adam just stop and just do something just do just do your work man and quit but but there's but there's the opportunity for a reframe right there is is instead of saying like why why are things and this is my this would be my counsel to people especially who are unhappy who are young and unhappy with their jobs and we've talked about this a lot on back to work because it means a lot to me but for example when you when if if one one says like why haven't i you know you know, when am I going to get a better job? When's somebody going to recognize my talent? When's somebody going to give me more money, et cetera? Whatever you, we can call it a philosophical question, but it's really just the basic ruminations that we all do. But if you reframe that and say like, why haven't I already changed that situation? Like what's, or like, you know, in the parlance of the early days of back to work, what can't you ship? Like, what is it, you know, we can always find the reasons for these things, but to turn that from something, and there's nothing wrong with being, you know, feeling bad or being ruminative or, or, you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with that because thinking's a good thing. Thing, but there also has to be a component of then deciding that you're going to do something differently. And then, you know, I, I have this, not to change the topic, but I have this kind of hang up in my head about how if you don't, if you don't start doing something differently, most people think like, it's like they're going to knock down a door. Like if I like run and run and run and run and run and knock down this door and oh my God, I'm really going to do this. If I think about this hard enough, I'll be able <laughs> to run and knock down this door. And, and like, I feel like first you've got to do something. Yeah. Like once you do something and then you do it more than once, even that's just walking outside your house, then a funny chain of events is capable of happening, which is that you start to see things a little bit differently. So yeah. I, I always see this, this kind of this chain of events. It's like, you know, seeing, um, seeing or how you kind of have cognition in the world, like how you see things, how you process things, how you decide on things. And like those things keep changing as long as you keep doing something. Right. But if you don't do something, you can't really, you can't, thinking does not change anything. It just makes you think more. Right. And you think yourself into a think hole. It's just that. Um, yeah, exactly. With, yeah. with, and it, you know, but the thing is, it feels like if you consider yourself a smart person or an emotional person, sometimes you feel like you can think yourself out of anything. I think you can think yourself into a lot of problems, but you can, the only way out is to, is to see differently, decide differently and, and do differently. So, and that can be very modest steps. Yeah, it's interesting that like all these, uh, so far anyway, like um, it seems like I'm framing questions from a a more selfish, like a, a me centric standpoint, and and all of your reframing. Every time you reframed something, it's it's reframed it from a a looking inward to a looking outward. At least that's what I'm I'm understanding. I, I mean, Is that 
Kind, that- yeah, kind of, kind of. I guess the only what I would say is that you know we're all we're all self-involved in our ways. I mean, we're all like into whatever the thing is that we're into. The difference is, you know, you can be self-involved and still be getting stuff accomplished. It's it's just that you know if something if you if one feels that that you've been in like for two years not making any progress in this one place, well, well, what what would need to change about that? Yeah. And so so I mean, it's I guess all I'm saying is that you know it's. I don't know. I don't know. I'm very, I'm very sympathetic to what you're talking about because I, I do a lot of the same kinds of stuff and sometimes can really get stuck in a rut. And it's just that I think, you know, it's sometimes it can take such a small thing to jar you out of that and want to do something different. Yeah. But the thing that will, the, the inertia or the gravity that always wants to pull you back is this idea that there's something out there that will make it better for you or that there's this you know, as we say, a happy ending to this, that's going to mm-hmm. be out there. Cause that, none yeah. of that, I mean, we all get sick and die alone. And it's just like, what do you accomplish before then <laughs> that, that, that makes you, you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's, that's finality, but, um, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that it's easy. That, that's true. I mean, it is. And I would say, I, I guess it, it's different for everyone. Everyone has different fears or things. Um, I, I even from an early teenager, um, and I don't know what this says about me, but my, my, I guess my my greatest fear has always been that I'll wake up someday and I'm 70 years old and and I will have done nothing. I will have contributed nothing and and it'll be over because you don't get a second chance at mm-hmm. this and and so it, I put this immense pressure on myself to to accomplish something, to be valuable to the world in some way. And I think that that pressure, or you know, that just leads to more, as you said, just constant thinking and and um and and not actually doing anything because there's so much risk in doing if you put all that pressure on yourself. You know, you're afraid to try anything. You know, because mm-hmm. it, it, if you, it's the wrong thing, you know, again, there's that fear in the back of my mind that you know I'm gonna I'm gonna wake up and it, it's all gonna be a waste and um. I don't know. It's 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 like. Did you? This is a weird question. Um, but did you enjoy college? Mm-hmm. Mostly, yeah. Yeah, like when I was in this college, I I wanted to be. I I wished I could be a career college student. You know, um, I I I I loved you know sitting in my philosophy classes and just studying and reading and thinking and ruminating and all that kind of stuff. That's what I loved. And <laughs> right. um, I didn't actually want to do anything with it. I just love contemplating these questions, you know? And I understand for a lot of people that sounds like a horrible, torturous existence. Um, but for me, it's, you know, I get some sort of joy out of that. But it's a double-sided joy because I never find answers. So it's uh, it's also negative. But I was just, you know, I, w- I was curious if you, if you, if you felt some, maybe a similar way. Like if you enjoy, if you enjoy the, I just love the pursuit. I love the pursuit. I, I love the, the chase of, of, of trying to find the answer, but eventually yeah. you get old and I'm 35 and mm-hmm. you get old enough and you're like, I'm tired of chasing for the answer. I just want the damn thing now, you know? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I mean, I like playing Mario Kart, but yeah. I, I don't expect it to make me smarter. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of things that, that I, I like to do, um, and can see for its own pursuit, but it also, hmm, I don't know how to put this. I mean, yeah, I like college a lot and I like philosophy classes a lot. And, but you know, it's, geez, I don't even, I don't even, I'm not even sure where to, where to jump in. Um, but 
you know, I, I have really good friends who are thinkers. I am a thinker. I don't, I'm not saying that I'm a smart person. I am saying I overthink things. And I, you know, you say, so you mentioned you've heard Roderick on the line. I think John Roderick is a big thinker. I think he way overthinks things. Yeah. And the problem is that in my experience, there's two, there's two problems with being an overthinker. Um, one problem is that because we think we're smart and we think we're thinkers, we think we can think ourselves out of anything with thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not necessarily, that's not true in my experience. The, the, other, the other problem is that if we did a different kind of thinking and then j- joined to it a different way of trying to do something, that thinking would be a lot more useful. Um, if, cause, cause in my experience, like, you know, it can become an echo chamber. And yeah, so exactly. You, like yeah. a really weird, not particularly bright idea. If it echoes around long enough, starts to sound like a crowd. Yeah. It starts to really feel like there's this chorus of, of voices in your head. That's what I feel like I'm coming to with me. I don't know what I would call myself. If you asked me what I did, I wouldn't even be able to tell you. Um, I would say that I talk to people and I think about things um, because, you know, nothing ever Nothing ever lasts, you know, even if I stumble across something that's very satisfying and meaningful, it eventually stops being satisfying and meaningful. And and you just move on to the next thing. And I'm starting to, I think, just sort of accept that or be okay with that. But well, you, you said, better. <laughs> well, you have to, I think. Um, but you but said like, something. You, so, I'm sorry, just a quick idea, though. But I mean, like, it's almost like being really, really, really hungry and then thinking, like, oh my God, I'm so freaking hungry. I'm really, really, really hungry. Okay, why don't you get something to eat? Yeah, but like, what's really going to satisfy me? <laughs> well, um, how about you just eat some food? Well, yeah, but I mean, like, I really, <laughs> eating is very important to me. So I really want to get something good. Five hours go by. You're oh starting my goodness. You've got a splitting headache. You're losing your mind. And it's more important than ever that you have something to eat, but you still can't decide what to eat. So eventually you sit down and and you shovel 10 pounds of food into your mouth, and now you're extremely unhappy and wonder why you're not satisfied. Uh, I don't mean to turn into like, you know, uh, dime store Alan Watts, but like you got to eat three times a day whether you like it or not. And if, even if it's not the perfect meal, you got to wake up tomorrow and have three more meals. And that's, that's, that's life. And it's dumb and it's annoying and it's such a 40, in my case, 48-year-old guy thing to realize, but life's a rally, not a race. You got to just fucking show up every day and do the thing. And it's, you know, it's it's so such a boring answer and it's such a dumb answer. And like you, you wish that you could have one super meal and be done for a week, you know, existentially, but it's not like you, you only get credit when you show up each day and then you got to, you know what I mean? And so that's, that's the reframe that I would give here is that like, you know, it's, it's, I would not find it it would be, how can I put this? I'm trying not to say you, but you should quit no, doing I, that. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I know. You, you, you are not making yourself happy and you're not getting the nutrition that you need. It's so funny. Like it, it's, it's, um, I love how you put that with the food, but it's also kind of like, uh, uh, you know, that's exactly what I do. And when you say it that way, it sounds so, so obvious, you know, um, like clearly, you know, why, why don't you just eat something instead of obsess over what you're going to eat? That's that's a great analogy, I think. Um, but when it's in your head, it's, it doesn't seem that exactly. doesn't seem that simple. You know, yeah, it's just bouncing off the walls. But I mean, let, let's let's beat the crap out of that analogy. I mean, take it a step further. Well, OK, I don't like the food I'm eating and I'm not eating often enough. We'll plan better. 
plan yeah. better, have have even just a very rough philosophy about how you'd like to eat and how you'd like to feel. Oh, that's interesting. So it really is about more than food. It's also about my energy level and my mood. Yeah, it sure is. Like try eating less really starchy stuff in the morning. I don't know why I always come back to food, except I do like to eat. <laughs> but, but to me, like you can extend that analogy quite a bit. And, you know, for example, we were just talking about New Year's resolutions um, and why I'm not a fan of them on Back to Work. Yeah. Because I think people have all this idea in their head that once January 1st starts, they're going to, once January 1st starts, they're going to eat better, but they never went to the grocery store. So the infrastructure is not there. Yeah. So, you know, for whatever, for whatever it is you want to be different, I mean, I think there, there are baby steps. And, you know, and one of them that you would get to kind of, whether you like it or not, eventually is that it's never really a permanent anything. Yeah. until you die. And now congratulations, that's permanent. But there's not that many things that nobody ever really arrives. As my friend John Roderick says, even Bono has a boss. Like there's always something more, you, you're always something you wish you had more of. It just, it never yeah. ends. You know, um, uh, uh, I don't mean to keep bringing up the, the Seth Godin conversation, but he said something just exactly like what you're saying is um, he, he, uh, he kind of defines work, your work as the thing that you you do that is uh that brings meaning and value to the world etc the the um the fear you know he talks about dancing with the fear and you need to find your job as a thing that pays your bills mm. and he said he said some people are lucky enough that their work and their job align like himself you know it happens to be the same thing but if you're if you try to force your work and your job to be the same thing and try to bootstrap it you're going to end up crippling both of them Mm. And, and that just was like, like, well, shit, you know, cause that's exactly what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. <laughs> is, uh, force, force, you know, um, an income force, uh, force, my, uh, something that is meaningful to me that can also pay my bills and, 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 and force those things to be the same thing. And, uh, it was just a really interesting thing to think about that maybe, maybe those things can't be the same thing. And not necessarily that you stop mm-hmm. pers- trying to make them the same thing, but. It's a, but it's, an, it's certainly an interesting distinction that, you know, I could see how it would be easy. It's a very, it's a very intriguing idea. And I could see how it's, it would be valuable to keep those separate in your head for sure. Yeah. Well, so what do you enjoy right now? I don't know. What do I enjoy? I don't know. I like, I like doing podcasts. I really, I'm really itching aching to do a couple new ones and I just can't decide exactly what I want to do, but I really enjoy making podcasts. I like being on podcasts. Um, I like, I like writing, but, um, I like having written like most people who think of themselves as writers, but Mm -hmm. you know, something I've talked about at length, other places I won't go into too much is that, is that the atmosphere, culture, and economy of online writing has changed so vastly since I really enjoyed it and had success with it. It's not really a game I want to play anymore. Online writing, so I'm not sure exactly. Um, what do you? What I do you? Know. I mean, unless unless that was the part you said you didn't really want to go into. But what do you mean? It's not a. Um, when you say writing, I don't immediately think online writing. But um, you you enjoy writing. But uh, what online writing has become isn't a game you want to play anymore. What what is that game? What do you mean? Like like monetizing a blog? Like what what is that game? Uh, just, I think that the expectations of the audience and the model for making money from it and the, just the kinds of things that I found just a little bit vexing and frustrating eight or 10 years ago are now, would now drive me completely nuts. 
you know, just the need to do things like listicles, to do things about current events, to do things based on what's trending on Twitter and all those kinds of things just are so cynical to me. But it's it's a really I see people who are smart enough to know better who find themselves having to do that because that's their job now. And they tweet about it in 15 different places. And that, you know, in order to be in order to be successful and paid online, um, there is a huge incentive to do a lot of stuff that I find pretty unsavory and would not produce work that I'm proud of. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That, that is the whole point. I mean, that is the whole point of every conversation I've had on the show. And episode two was all about this is that, um, and I don't even know if the, the, go down this road, but, the, but that's the whole point is like, how do you, um, um, how do you do work that is meaningful and, and valuable um, and make a living from it because you feel like the only way to make a living from it is you got to wrap it in all this marketing, as you just said, that all this sort of online marketing bullshit that you feel completely devalues it. And then you, you then you're not proud of it anymore. And mm-hmm. and it's, um, you know, I don't have an answer to that question. Yeah, me know? neither. And uh, and so <laughs> it's like, so what do you do, though? You know, I mean, um, I don't write. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the to to write well is too much work to be consumed in the way that um that it's consumed today. I mean it would be like you'll be making a moose bouche all day long and having people just horking it down while they're on the train, you know. It's like it's not like I need my stuff to be savored, but you know, I I feel like I see so many things that look like it's going to be an interesting article and it really is a rehash of a press release or more often the the modern version of that, contemporary version of that is to just take somebody else's post that they actually spent time writing and rewrite it and add some things and six photos and now, you know, I I, I used to feel like I was being a little bit cynical when I said that, but that really seems to be what people want now. They want BuzzFeed. Yeah. And uh and so that's not appealing. And there's other kinds of writing you could do, uh, one could do online, but it's mainly glamour writing that gets you other stuff. It's not a paying thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I like those kinds of things and I'll always want to write things that I just think are fun or funny. But uh, no, I don't know. I have no idea. I find the entire evolution of the internet uh, completely perplexing. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you if if you think it's possible then to do that, to 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 produce meaningful content and make money from it, you know? On the internet, I mean that you, 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 you ask a lot of trick questions. I mean, <laughs> well, the answer is it depends. Always, the answer to most of your questions ends up being it depends. Can you make meaningful stuff? Can you write meaningful things online and make money from it? Yeah, it depends. I mean, how meaningful is it allowed to be, and how much money do you want to make? Yeah, because the as I said, I, I at least for me, the, the gravity, the inertia, the. Um, the trade winds are all going in this certain direction. And you can certainly put whatever you want anywhere you want, but to make something sustainable requires that you hew to the existential Excel spreadsheet of wherever you're working. And on the internet, there's certain ways you got to do that today, unless you find a patron or a benefactor. So, um, I mean, it certainly is possible, but um, I don't know. I don't see that many independent one person operations anymore. Not like I used to, not like I feel like I used to for the second half of the 2000s. I felt like I was constantly every day running across some new amazing blog site with uh, some, you know, like a great mind uh, producing something personal and meaningful to other people. Not, not that it has to be like this bust of gut thing. It could just be really funny. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I don't yeah. see that as much anymore. And, you know, it's just, I think that, like I said, right back to square one, the audiences, audiences 
have changed drastically in their taste, interest, and attention. And then the folks who are in a position to compensate you for being involved in that system, their model has changed a lot too. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you can't find a way to take the writing of the staff of Macworld and make it profitable, I, I think most of us don't have much of a chance. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you can't find a way to take <laughs> Jason Snell and Serenity Caldwell and Dan Warren and Dan Frakes and Philip Michaels and turn that into something profitable, I... I don't think uh, uh, most of us stand a chance. <laughs> you yeah, got to have streaming video ads on the page in order for that to just keep the lights on. Well, good night, everybody. See you over in this listicle. <laughs> yeah, you know that's, and I, I completely agree with you. But part of me wants to think, um, you know, it doesn't have to be that way because otherwise, I got to figure out something else to do. You know, yeah, and yeah, true. Uh, well, what do you what do you do? What do you do? Like for your like regular job? This is what I do now. You know, I, um, I, yes. I, I, I've, I've, well, like you, I've had many, many, many careers, but, um, uh, about three or four months ago, I, I decided, um, there's two things I was going to pursue full time. And that was, uh, my podcast and I, I make a, um, I'm in the process of making a, a course about podcasting. And so this is all I'm doing right now. Is, well, is good for stuff. you. That's and a, that's a, a crazy thing to decide to do, but it uh, is a crazy thing because it's like, <laughs> it's, it's it back to what we were talking about. I, I felt that same way. Like eventually just slap myself in the face and say, Adam, you guess you got to do something. You know, it's been 35 years since you were born. You haven't done anything. You just got to stop thinking about it and do something. And I decided just to do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's, uh, it's, it's been immensely successful, but, um, you know, the, the, the trick is, um, the, the money-making part because you feel on the, like, you know, it's, it, <laughs> I, I, I started the show, uh, with the intention of, uh, cause I've had podcasts in the past and the whole goal with them was to make money and they never made any money. I never got any sort of audience. And I said, fuck it. I'm tired of this shit. I'm just going to make the show that I want to listen to. And mm-hmm. I don't care if no one listens, but me. And then suddenly I have more, a bigger audience than I've ever had in my entire life. Well, that's so, wonderful. So now there's the potential to make money, but it's, uh, it's like, it's almost, um, I'm afraid to bring that into the mix cause it'll ruin it again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, no, I get you. I get you. Well, congratulations. I'm glad to hear it's going so well. But, uh, what do you, well, like, why, why are you so attracted to podcasting? I didn't, we didn't get quite get to finish that thought. Um, well, it's, it's, it's easy. It's fun. Uh, it, I get to do a lot of the stuff that I just really like doing or think I'm pretty good at on a good day. So yeah. I mean, it's, an, it's a really natural fit, um, for me. I mean, I can't say it's a natural fit for everybody in the audience and or like a guarantee that they would enjoy it, but it's very much something I like doing. And it's, it's, it is compared to everything else in the world, very easy to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel the same way in that, um, yeah, I always wanted to be a writer growing up. That was the thing I wanted to do. And, um, I always, uh, failed at that. All my various attempts at blogging have never succeeded. Um, but I found that I like podcasting some, well, the writing always failed because I felt like I have nothing to say. Like, I don't know what to say. And, but with podcasting, I feel like I could just do this all day long every day. And it's like, so the stuff's in there to say, but there's Mm -hmm. something about this medium that allows me to say it in a, in a way that writing doesn't allow me to say it. And I'm very attracted to it for that reason. Um, but I just wondered what, you know, and you kind of said the same thing, like you don't really write anymore, but you really love podcasting and you've got several and you want to do more. And I just wondered what it was about that, 
about the the medium of talking versus writing that draws you to it? I just like doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, what do I like about it? Um, I, I enjoy um, working with other people and building up like a funny history and lexicon for the show. I mean, there's, you know, I guess f- maybe four podcasts that people might know me from kind of like MacBreak Weekly a million years ago. Um, you look nice today, which is like a comedy thing with mm-hmm. two other guys and back to work, which is productivity, creativity, et cetera. And then uh, Roderick on the line, which is me and John Roderick talking. And you know, the, the thing that I think is fun about all of those respective or irrespective of my involvement is that it, the, there's a little story that grows over time and a, a funny, difficult to describe history and, you know, it's it's almost like uh, like being in a a, a Borges uh, story or something. There's yeah. like this funny little fake world in the world of You Look Nice Today that if you inhabit it long enough, it starts to make a lot of sense. And it's fun to follow. It's fun to participate in. And it's the same reason any of us like, you know, anything that we return to over and over. We like it when David Letterman does the top 10 list. You know, we like it when... Um, on the flop house when Elliot sings the letter song, you know, like there's these things that we all come to really look forward to and it starts to feel like part of our life. So, I mean, why do I like doing it? It's easy, <laughs> but also it's really fun to, it's fun to participate in making a little world. Yeah. Is that good? Is that, is that profound? Yeah, That's well, pretty profound. I think, I think everything you say is profound. So really nice. Thank you. <laughs> no, really. I mean, and that's, that's, uh, uh, the, you know, I, I, I guess if I had any aspirations for this show is that it would would reach the level of uh, that's why I like back to work is because and it's the reason I like Seinfeld is it's it's sort of it's ostensibly about something, but it's not really. It's just it's 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 all over the place. And that's right. the way I am. And and it just uh, it's this um, it's about life. You know, well, like it's almost like saying like it's almost like saying to somebody, wow, why are you so happy? You go, well, I got a I got a pet dog. I got this uh, <laughs> chihuahua mix. I like, yeah. oh, really? What's it about? Yeah. You go, well, it's a, it's a dog. He, right. Yeah. But like, well, OK, like, why do you like it? Like, what is it about? Yeah. Well, it's about my dog and I yeah. enjoy it. Like describing Seinfeld to people, we were like, well, okay, there's these four awful people know, who yeah. are awful. <laughs> and you go, okay, well, that doesn't sound very good. Well, you're right. It doesn't sound very good because that's not why it's good. Yeah. Th- that explanation is not why it's good. The words, words fail and you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know though. I mean, it's, I appreciate you saying that though. It's, uh, it's fun to do podcasts. You, you mentioned that you have, um, some others you want to do, uh, can you talk about those at all or No, I mean yet? I don't really know what they would be yet. I I mean there's I have this running list in NV Alt of a bunch of people that I've wanted to work with for a long time and some of them are, anybody who follows what I do or watches me on Twitter could know who those people are. So I'm always trying to figure out a way like to my detriment on and on and on trying to figure out like what if what a thing would be that I would do with them. Um, that would capitalize on whatever kind of chemistry we have. So I've got a few things like that that I, I hope to do something with. But I've been saying that for two years, so who knows? I'm not really a reliable witness. Yeah. Well, that's okay. You know, I, 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 <laughs> the, the ones you do now are, are enough. You know, I like them. So. <laughs> I do too. Thank you for saying that. But um, thanks, Merlin, for coming on the show. I appreciate you indulging my random stream of thought questions here. <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for taking the time. All right. Well, that's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening. 
Thanks to Merlin for coming on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you, man. It was a lot of fun. Make sure and go to fizzle.co slash TGM and get in on the six-week freak trial. You don't have to stay if you don't want to. My suspicion is that you will stay, but you don't have to. Just do it, sign up, look me up, and let's help each other out. I'd love to do that. Uh, what else? Okay, uh, abclark.com on Twitter. Also, TGM Podcast on Twitter, where I post old episodes and stuff like that. We've got 29 other episodes in the archives already, so go check those out at abclark.com. And if you would be so kind or feel and you feel like leaving me a review and a rating in iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it. And if you want to engage with me beyond just listening to the show... Then sign up for the newsletter. Go to abclark.com slash newsletter and get on that thing. And another way to do that is to go to tgmlistener.com and fill out the little survey and uh, we'll schedule a call and we'll talk. I'd love to do that with you. I really, really would. I'd love to get to know more about you. All right, that's all I've got, guys. That's it for today. I'll see you back here on Wednesday with another episode of The Gently Mad. And until then, thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. I don't know, I'm sort of just an old guy with a big tongue. That's I'm just a big old tongue old man. That's all that is. Um, that's sort of how many words am I at?